Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Taking Stock Live. It is my pleasure to be here with you yet another week back on the island, back in Jamrock, so back at KRM Studios. Notice anything different about me? Anything at all? <laughs> yeah, I kind of got a little haircut, a little bit shorter than I wanted it, but, you know, so it goes sometimes. My pleasure to be in your excellent presence for yet another week. Like I said, let me know in the comments where you're joining us from this week, what part of the island, what part of the world. I love to shout you out. I love to see and hear where everybody is from. We've got another exciting show coming up this week. And of course, my masterclass launches. It's supposed to launch yesterday. I keep having to push it back, but there's just so much going on. And I, trust me, I've been putting in the work, Lots and lots of work going into this masterclass, trying to get everything just right. I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, but I'm going to have to launch it anyway. So we're looking at next week, Monday now as the new launch date. So stay with us, bear with us. It is coming and it's going to be an excellent product with so many resources that you can use from now and uh, throughout time. So let's get right on with the show. You want to know what's coming up? Well, here's a look at what we have in store for you this show, as well as what's hot in business. Embracing the new digital world, announcing that it would become the first country in the world to establish an embassy in the metaverse. With Facebook leading the way in developing the space, what should you know about the metaverse and how will it impact all of our lives? And the analysts weigh in on the latest market developments. The economy is on track to continue growing into next year. Chinese regulators are pressing executives of ride-hailing giant Diddy Global to delist from the New York Stock Exchange over concerns about data security. But is that really the reason? And the Dow Jones suffered its worst day of the year on news of the new Omicron COVID variant found in South Africa. Should you be concerned? We'll discuss. But first, here's What's Hot, brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers, your best interest at heart. Stock markets across the world, as well as oil prices, dropped sharply on Friday after the discovery of a new COVID variant. It's making people again worry about economic recovery. The Dow Jones Industrial Average had its worst day of the year, dropping more than 1,000 points before recovering slightly to 905 points, or 2.5%. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq Composite also slipped a little over 2%. Over in the UK, the FTSE 100 index was down almost 4%. Main markets in Germany and France also sank and oil prices dropped more than 10%. The World Health Organization has named the new variant first detected in South Africa, Omicron. It's now in the same category as the Delta variant, which quickly became the world's most prevalent strain. Virologists are now trying to determine if Omicron is more transmissible and could potentially evade vaccines. Several countries, including Jamaica and the U.S., have now imposed restrictions on travelers from African countries. Ratings agency Moody's has affirmed Jamaica's credit ratings at B2. They've also kept the outlook stable. According to Moody's, the rating affirmation reflects Jamaica's strong commitment to fiscal consolidation, which it says will support declining government debt metrics after a temporary increase. 
The rating also comes against the backdrop of low growth, limited diversification, and the small size of the economy. The agency says those structural factors constrain Jamaica's economic and credit prospects. Moody's says the stable outlook also reflects balanced risks to the rating. Meanwhile, the Planning Institute of Jamaica, PIOJ, says the prospects for the economy are positive, with growth projected to be in the range of 5 to 8% this quarter. That's expected to result in calendar year growth of 3 to 6% and growth of 6 to 9% for the current fiscal year. For the previous July to September quarter, PIOJ has estimated growth of over 6%. It says the outturn for that quarter largely reflected the impact of the relaxation of COVID-19 containment measures globally and increased business confidence. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark says that the estimates for the third quarter of the year indicate that economic recovery is gaining momentum. Victoria Mutual Investments, VMIL, is acquiring 100% shareholding in Republic Funds Barbados, Inc. Republic Funds owns and operates the Republic Bank Barbados, which comprises Republic Property Fund, Republic Income Fund, and Republic Capital Growth Fund. VMIL expects the transaction to close by August 2022. However, it's subjected to regulatory approval. The cost of the acquisition has not been disclosed. It's the second Barbados acquisition for VMIL. In 2019, they acquired a 30% stake in the fintech online learning company Caryland. Former head of Salada Foods Jamaica, Diana Blake Bennett, has been named CEO of Caribbean Dreams Food, the Jamaican teas manufacturing spin-off company. Blake Bennett's appointment took effect November 15. She relieves Group CEO John Mafood of responsibilities for the manufacturing division. Mafood is now focused on the growth of the Jamaican Tea's real estate division, its investment company QWI, and its supermarket businesses Bay City Foods and Shoppers Delight. Jamaican Tea's intends to list the new subsidiary by early 2022. What's Heart was brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers, your best interest at heart. Moneymakers, you're not an official part of the family until you have your merch. Visit kalilareynolds.com slash store to order your t-shirt and your mask today. Let's get this money. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. And Appleton Estate, Jamaican excellence. All right. Yes, there we are. Welcome back. Welcome back. Glad to have everybody joining us in the house live. Big ups to Danny, who says greetings from Kingston. Uh, Ostina Daly was the first one to comment. So good night to you, Ostina. Jermaine Blackwood says good night, everyone. Cart Beckford is in Portmore City. Ostina's in Spanish Town. Joey Hailing from Montego Bay. Ruthann in Kingston. Ostina says she was wondering what happened to the masterclass. Yeah, I'm late with it because I was traveling all the last week and I had all these plans to do all this work last week. Trust me, not never happened. <laughs> not a thing. I was so busy catching up with family and eating all that good food that, uh, yeah, my bad, guys. I didn't make my own self-imposed deadline. But trust me, I've been working this week trying to catch up with everything and it will be out uh, soon. So looking at Monday. So Big ups to Derek in Angel Spanish Town. Ingrid, who says, investing is the new sexy. Glad you know, Ingrid. 
definitely a day one fan. Lavar says Mandeville checking in. Sean is tuning in from Toronto. Simone there in Maypen. Clarendon crews up in Portmore. JA Patriots in Ochi. Romario in Kingston. Uh, somebody else says good night from Montego Bay. Hi, everyone. Whatever part of the country, whatever part of the world you are tuning in this evening, I want to say a special welcome to you. We're talking about the metaverse today. Can you imagine what a Jamaican metaverse would be like? Like, seriously, I was sitting here thinking, what would be happening in the metaverse? Like, what all creative and interesting things from Jamaica, live from this country, would be going on in a metaverse? People are so creative. You saw that uh, that video that I showed in the opening sec segment that was developed by a Jamaican YouTuber. He has a channel on YouTube. Uh, I need to find that and post that in the chat before the show ends because the shows are hilarious. The dialogue is so funny and the animation, I'm just so, I just find it so cool that it's done completely locally. So we're talking about the metaverse today, its implications, its possible impact, and where we are likely to be going with this. And my guests are online business strategist Karen Rose and co-founder and director of Tech Beach Retreat, Kyle Maloney. Hi, Karen. Hi, Kyle. Good night. Hey. How are you? Good night. Good night. Karen, it's your first time on this show. I've been on your show, yeah. and you're finally on my show. So welcome. Every everything in the right timing. Absolutely, I'm so happy to have you. And Kyle, hi as well. I've always heard about Tech Beach. I've always heard great things about Tech Beach Retreat. Yeah, man. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Virtual this year, right? Yeah, we've been having a number of virtual things throughout the course of this year. Um, we weren't able to have our like mainstay event. Um, but we've been really focused on our accelerator program through the course of 2021, which has been a, a pretty large success. And so we're grateful for the progress that we've been able to make this year. Yeah, awesome. All right. So, Karen, let me start with you. What the heck is the metaverse? <laughs> well, essentially, it is it is going to be a mix of augmented reality, virtual reality based on decentralized land and blockchain. So nobody really owns it and you you're going to be able to buy buy up space in this virtual land um there's multiple metaverses that are being built um i think the one big news with facebook coming on board and building their own metaverse is they're going to be making it more mainstream than some of the other companies that have that have been building their their uh their metaverses um and also microsoft building their own metaverse as well um oh, really? so that's yeah microsoft made microsoft had their their um event early November um, and they're one. launching. Yeah, they're, they're building their own metaverse. They're launching their own suite of products. So again, there's not just one metaverse. There's going to be, there's multiple metaverses. Well, and isn't the metaverse like one big thing, like the universe, and then maybe you have different countries in the metaverse, different spaces <laughs> in the metaverse? Because there's multiple metaverses, different industries are building their own their own metaverses. So there's going to be build there's going to be fashion metaverses, industrial metaverses. Microsoft is building an enterprise metaverse. So there's there's a wide variety of metaverses being built. We are very very early, and we're going to be seeing a lot of interesting developments um, as as time goes by. Mm, interesting. So Kyle, tell me a little bit about what Caribbean uh, tech entrepreneurs are doing that you're aware of that may be able to fit into this space or take advantage of this space. Yeah. So, so what we what we what I think 
conversations about the metaverse have been happening uh, for quite some time, even before Facebook has come with this announcement, right? And so it's it's just like a, a testament to even Caribbean founders being on the on the money. Um, I've been I've been part of conversations with uh, founders that are thinking about tourism because obviously tourism is our leading product in the Caribbean. Um, there are a couple of founders that are actively thinking about how do we how do we create content with within within the metaverse and and how do we create content that relates to uh, that sort of uh, augmented reality as well merging between real life and 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 the virtual reality and so thinking of thinking of creating content within these spaces has been something that we've been actively uh, thinking about and and working to build products around for the longest while and so we're super excited to see what comes of it within the next uh, within the next few months within the next couple of years you know what type of industries are best poised to, to jump on board this new paradigm? Are we looking at animation, businesses? What type of business are best for it? Scarab. I think there's three key industries from the Caribbean that are going to excel in this space. Uh -huh. And that's one, tourism. What I imagine tourism oh, being is if you have... Um, we, we, we go online from other countries. We look at pictures from different um, travel agencies to see, you know, what uh, beaches, what uh, resorts or what things to do kind of stand out. Just imagine tourism being uh, an immersive event. So picture Duns River Falls. If I've never been to Duns River Falls or Jamaica and you guys can now create immersive events, immersive sites, and I could visit these places in the metaverse, that'll entice me to want visit, to visit it in, in real life. The next thing oh, is because I was like, but who, but the metaverse version of Duns River can't replace the real Duns River. It will, it will never, but it, it will tease you enough to, to think about right. it. So one tourism, I think with culture, I could imagine a situation where we are we have a lot of Caribbean stories and trying to sell that to the younger generation to visit certain Caribbean islands to look at the history of visit historical sites is a bit of a stretch at times. What I think could happen is we can now create immersive storytelling events where people can watch Caribbean stories in the metaverse. And that's something that we could package and, and push globally without having to get people to come here to yeah. visit from historical stories or, or whatnot. And on that note, I think the metaverse is going to really transform education because you can imagine being part. able to virtually visit places that you only learn about in school or on textbooks. Sometimes you may watch a movie about, and you can even go back in history, visit places that used to exist in the metaverse. That's pretty cool. What was the third one? Ed education. So think about, <laughs> it, think about it from the, from the sense of, because we've seen that they're also going to be building haptics so that you could feel the metaverse as well. Think about if you are a Caribbean doctor and maybe you don't have the opportunity to physically get trained by some of the best doctors in the world. Um, because of cost logistics, if you can now enter into these immersive trainings, you can tap into those things from anywhere in the world. So I think we're going to be able to now tap into more educational institutions in the metaverse, and that should help raise the level of what we are doing across the region. Yeah, healthcare as well. You mentioned it briefly, and I saw it uh, touched on in the, the Newsday article that both of you are quoted in. Uh, right. One of you mentioned that MD Link here in Jamaica is one company that's offering virtual medical services. Imagine being able to go to a doctor virtually. Because let me tell you, my husband is a, is a doctor, right? And I don't know if people really fully understand that Jamaican and Caribbean people body parts are not necessarily 
the medical term for the body part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Arabella went on a crime scene one time and his lady said, get shot in my stomach. <laughs> I'm like, Miss, that is not your stomach. But uh, being able to do that virtually, even though the doctor cannot touch you physically, they at least you can see things in, in a more 3D reality. So I think that's pretty cool. It's going to have an impact on so many industries, like you mentioned, um, Karen. So, so Kyle, what are you most excited about for the prospects for the metaverse? I think one thing that, uh, that that Karen forgot to mention is is actually I would, my my fourth one would be entertainment, um, and so Caribbean mm -hmm. culture is so globally consumed from an entertainment perspective. I mean, just look at Rihanna. Rihanna just now get the Heroes Award in Barbados, right? And Rihanna is like our our modern day Bob Marley. She's like the biggest icon to come from the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to immerse yourself in the concert experience and being able to add layers to that concert experience because uh, uh, these uh, these artists do a really good job now of really taking you along a story in their in their um, in their concerts. Uh, I don't know if if, if you guys have, have any access to like the On the Run tour with Jay Z and Beyonce and just the amazing work that they do of creating such an immersive story just by looking being there in the concert. Or even just looking at at, at the, the the past footage on video, that now being able to be there and be part of those experiences, and us for, and for us to be able to create those types of immersive experiences, is gonna yeah. be it's gonna be phenomenal. It's going yeah. to be phenomenal, phenomenal. Agreed. That really is a, a huge potential game changer for Caribbean entertainment space. Indeed, you can get front row concert tickets to next Bojo concert or, you know, a Rihanna Every concert. Can you imagine in the meta? Everybody has VIP now because everybody have a front row view. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Barbados, Kyle. And I, I saw in the news where Barbados recently, it's, did they establish an, a, you know, uh, an embassy in the metaverse or did they say they were going to establish one? Yeah, they say they're going to establish one. And so they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I personally am still wrapping my mind around the practicality. Yeah, an embassy? Karen, uh, Karen, so, you have any insights? Of, of yeah, so essentially what has happened so far is they bought up digital land on the biggest metaverse right now, which is a platform called Decentraland. So Barbados bought land on Decentraland, and their goal is now to build an embassy um, in Decentraland. Now, they've been very tight-lipped as to what types of things you're going to be able to do. But I think one of the things that would make sense for me is right now, if we have to, wherever you are in the world, if you want to come to Barbados and you have to get visas to come into Barbados, the country that you are in might not have an embassy, right? Mm -hmm. If the... If the embassy is now digital, then anybody can now access the services wow. from Barbados with a digital embassy and not ever have to worry about going into a physical location. Okay, so I yeah. think that's amazing yeah. and the potential can be can be crazy. So just Kyle, just imagine rather than having to go run, I don't even know where Barbados embassy is in Trinidad, but just imagine <laughs> you're logging in digitally into the into the metaverse embassy and going and get your visa or or doing whatever you need virtually and then getting if it's then being able to go to barbados physically yeah 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 that's like how much metaverse land costs 
<laughs> I just saw this article. Let me sh I need to share this screen because this is like unbelievable. Hold on. <laughs> Let me show you guys what I just saw. Can you believe this? Watch this. Where's the headline? Virtual land within the metaverse sells for a record 2.43 million US dollars, you know. That is US dollars. That's not even Jamaican dollars. A 500 square foot, square meter plot of virtual real estate has sold for $2.43 million, breaking the record for the largest ever metaverse land acquisition. The purchase by the firm Metaverse Group is more than double the previous record for a sale of land or property within a virtual reality world. Wow. Wow. So real estate is going fast. Like, it, it, are you guys still again, it depends on which metaverse you're buying the land in, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be there's going to be very popular um, metaverses, and there's going to be some smaller ones. So there's a metaverse called Upland, and Upland has actually recreated the entire world digitally. So Kalila, you could buy your property in Jamaica digitally on Upland. So. There's a lot of different. So I have metaverses. to buy my real house and then buy my metaverse house too. Correct. <laughs> Somebody could go and find your house in Jamaica and buy it digitally on the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be con it's going to. There's a lot because there's so many different metaverses for different purposes. Um, the gamble is really going to be on who is going to you know make the most popular one and you know that's where you're gonna try to buy up your your digital land and 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 yeah i i'm not again we're learning we're learning about what you could do with it and time will tell kyle how do you feel about the concept of virtual land and buying buying virtual real estate yeah this whole this whole thing is wild to me you know we're in a whole wild wild west where it reminds me of the early early years of the dot-com bubble, right? A lot of things that happened really seem like they make sense in the early stages. But then as time goes by and you look back at it and you're like, some things just really were silly. And so you don't want to be that person to jump out and, and, and say what is silly and then be proven wrong. And have <laughs> that tweet 10 years later, it's like, you said this. you like, I know some, well. <laughs> some things we'll definitely be laughing at and we'll be like, how that make sense? You know, yeah. I cannot tell you that, but I don't want to be the one to have my tweet or my quote posted back <laughs> in the next 10 years. So I'll go easier and keep some of my thoughts on what I think sounds weird or sounds a little odd to my chest, I'll, you know? <laughs> I'll, add, I'll add one thing that one thing that I'm, I'm very interested in is the collaborations in the metaverse, because there's just some things that are not practical. So let's just say if, you know, Kyle introduces me to an investor in China in the metaverse, we have things like, you know, the logistics of me meeting the person, there's the language barrier. One of the things that I think Microsoft is focusing on is creating these virtual rooms and breaking the language barrier. So I can meet an investor in China and that person not speak a lick of English, but we have our avatars and our avatars are digital. And then there's a little text bubble. So every time I speak, my text bubble is beside me translating my English speech into Chinese. And when he speaks Chinese, it's automatically translating in English. And we can meet, we can see our gestures, uh, our facial, our facial movements, and then 
there's the language barrier has been broken down. So I'm really interested in the collaboration and the networking yes. that, that can happen in the metaverse. I do love the, the potential opportunities for business indeed. There, I, just think about, we could be doing this show in the metaverse. A few, five years ago, this show, as we are currently formatted, you guys in Trinidad. Cal, you're in Trinidad, right? Yeah, today I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So today you are, yeah, but yeah. even if you were somewhere else, Tyron could be in Trinidad, you could be in Canada, I could be here in Jamaica. Last week I did the show from Belize, and it doesn't even affect, you know, what happens in the show. Five years ago, this wasn't necessarily possible. possible. This type of platform didn't exist. Uh, TV shows were face-to-face. -face. You have to come here physically. I have to wait till Karen decides to visit Jamaica, and then I heard try grabbing for an interview. In another five years, we could be doing the metaverse version of the show, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a whole different experience. And I think, I think one of the things that that the metaverse does is it it's the big we limitation. We have a live studio audience. Everybody is watching right now in the comments. That's, that's they could be exactly like it. Front right. row watching us. It's this as great as our smartphones are. Our, our smartphones are a limitation because everything has to happen in a 2D space. Mm -hmm. So the metaverse is going to now remove that barrier of everything happening 2D. And when you have a show, yes, live audience, um, and it's just going to be a whole immersive experience. Right. Kyle, what about security issues? Do you have any concerns about security in the metaverse? Yeah, man. Security is a concern everywhere. Like, like where, 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 where there's technology, there is the proponent for bad actors um, and, 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 and entry points. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something that that consistently evolves, and it's just gonna be with us uh, infinitely. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just gonna be part of part. It is part of our life as we try to to navigate uh, technology at every touch point. It's something that I act actively think about all the time. Like, quite frankly, just just the more that I am aware, is the more that I want to be disconnected. You know, so that I feel mm -hmm. a lot more safe. You know, um, because because like they say, ignorance is bliss. You know, you're spending all that time scrolling on social media, sharing all your stuff on Facebook. And uh, spending all that time, you know, like sharing all the information and, and you're blissfully, ignorantly, not really too sure about what's happening, but you're enjoying your time. But in reality, you're just giving away so much data, so much of your information. You're being tracked, you're being monitored all the time. Like, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. And, and just the amount of, of, of levels of, um, I guess, what feels like... What feels like what feels like to some people random discrimination at various immigration points, um, not any one in particular, just globally and just the levels of monitoring. It just makes you feel like, all right, how can I just be a regular person without be having this active monitoring on a regular basis? And the monitoring doesn't even have to come from government; it can come from anybody at any point in time, you know. And so, so as we begin thinking about this and, and going deeper into our immersiveness into technology, it increases our ability to, 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 to have security breaches almost like a hundredfold, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. All I know is that my avatar is going to be sexy. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, shoot. I'm going to get my waist snatched. <laughs> my avatar will be hot to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always want to look, look however you want to look, Carrot. 
No, that that's that's a fact. That's a, that's a fact. I mean, you know, so I, I don't have no issue with that. It should, it should be fun, but I definitely echo oh, some of that. Catfishing to another level, too. <laughs> another exactly. level. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh boy, this is some footage from uh, Zuckerberg's metaverse that was released last week. So we get an idea for those who didn't see. It was a really interesting presentation. I actually watched the entire thing. It's like a, an hour and 42 minutes. This one is the cartoon that I referred to, the animation that was done in Jamaica. And I just, you know, referenced it because it looks kind of like uh, a version of what metaverse characters look like, the 3D animation. So you guys can check out that channel. It is called, let me tell you again, Cartoon Convo. And it's hilarious. The reason I stumbled upon it preparing for this is really funny. But yeah, so everybody, the metaverse is the next big thing that you all need to look out for. Thank you so much for joining me this evening, Karen and Kyle, for, all the way from Trinidad. Via soon to be the metaverse. All Before right. you go, so normally I give my guests a gift from Appleton, but you're not here, so we have to take a virtual drink. And <laughs> let me introduce you to great Christmas gift, by the way. I know they sell this in Trinidad, so take a drink in my name. This is Appleton Estates 21. So this is the good stuff. So I have the eight-year reserve. But you guys, I want you to go out and get the good stuff. This is the 21 Nassau Valley Casks Jamaican rum, aged a minimum of 21 years. Kyle, so, that's on my Christmas list, eh? Excellent Christmas gift. Wow, wow. Take a drink, take a drink of rum for me Christmas Day. All right, guys. We'll do it. Thanks for having us. Thank you, yeah, Kyle nice. and Karen, and to our viewers all across Jamaica, all across the world, please take this week's poll question, and it actually has to do with the new Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus. So you've heard about this variant first detected in South Africa. Uh, how concerned about the new Omicron variant are you? So is it a big issue for you. Remember when the Delta variant came out, that was like all the headlines. Is, are you not very concerned? So take the poll on the community section of my YouTube channel. Of course, you know where that is, youtube.com slash Ray. When you're finished watching this show, you can hop on over to the community tab and take today's poll. Let me see if anybody has answered the question yet, because usually it goes live right around the time we go live. So let me see. Let me see community let's see what you guys are saying so far is it there yes 49 votes so far uh, 22 percent of you say very concerned it's scary 51 percent say not concerned at all it'll be okay and 24 percent say a little concerned but i'm sure we'll get past this see we have one comment so far as well what's this person saying in the comments Oh, it must be gone. All right, so hop on over there and take that poll uh, as soon as you're finished watching this show. Up next, we have your market recap, and the analysts are standing by. And of taking stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. And Appleton Estate, Jamaican excellence. Time now for your market recap, brought to you by Sagicor Investments. Think wealth, think Sagicor Investments. The Jamaica Stock Exchange advanced to the combined index gaining a little over 4,000 points or 1%. 110 stocks traded across both the main and junior markets of the JSC for the week ending Friday, November 26, 2021. 
59 advanced, 43 declined, and 8 stayed the same. 74 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, totaling nearly $456 million. Trans-Jamaican Highway was the most traded stock. It took up 16% of market volume, with people buying and selling nearly 12 million shares in the company. The stock gained 13 cents to open this new week at $1.32. Sagico Select F traded at the second highest volume, with people buying and selling nearly 9 million shares in the company. The stock lost 1 cent to open the new week at 50 cents. And Caribbean Flavors and Fragrances rounded out the most traded, taking up nearly 9% of market volume. People bought and sold nearly 7 million shares of the company. The stock was also this week's second biggest loser, losing 24 cents to open this new week at $1.67. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. Productive Business Solutions 9.75% cumulative redeemable stock price jumped 40% to close last week at $101. Medical Disposables and Supplies climbed nearly 29% to open this week at $6.72. And rounding out our biggest gains, Dolphin Cove is up nearly 21% to open this week at $12.71. JMMB Group 7.25% was the biggest loser for the week, down 34%. The stock was also November's second biggest loser to close last week at $2.40. And rounding off the week's biggest losers, First Rock Capital Holdings USD, which lost 10% to close last week at $0.06 cents US. Now here's a look at some of the highlights for the month of November. The main index declined by nearly 2%. The junior market declined by 1%. The financial stocks advanced by nearly 1%. And the manufacturing and distribution index declined by 5%. KLE Group stock price rose nearly 59% to close last month at $2.32. SSL Venture Capital Jamaica stock advanced nearly 48% to open this new month December at $0.96. Cents. And rounding off the biggest gains for November, Caribbean Assurance Brokers stock advanced by nearly 36% to close last month at $2.36. 138 Student Living Jamaica was November's biggest loser. The stock was down nearly 38% to close the month at $3.11. And Caribbean Cement Company rounds out the biggest losers for November, down nearly 27%. Market recap was brought to you by Sagicor Investments. Think Wealth. Think Sagicor Investments. This segment of Taking Stock, The Analysts, is brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers. Welcome back, everybody. It's time now for The Analysts. And let's see who we have on our panel today. I'm joined by Group Sovereign Research Analyst at JMMB, Theodore Mitchell, Business Writer at The Observer, David Rose, and Financial Coach, Founder, and CEO of Profit Jump Starter, Keisha Bailey. Welcome, everyone. Hi. I just saw the market recap. The, the November numbers are in. Today's the last day of the month. Manufacturing stocks took a hit, man. Uh, what happened with the manufacturing sector? Was it was it the impact of the carob cement, David? Are you talking about last week? Oh, well, no, well, for the month of November, manufacturing stocks are down 5% overall. And I saw carob being one of the I guess one of the biggest losers for the month as well. So I'm guessing that that had an impact on overall manufacturing distribution index. It had a way pulling on effect, and you're right. Uh, I remember that Carrefour is one of the largest uh, manufacturing and distribution stocks on the JSC. So you know, 
which remember surgical select funds are the manufacturing distribution shares give us an insight into the kind of weight of the market so you know it's with Cinco, carrera scarab cement those are the three top uh, big big guys or companies when it comes down to that sector so carb dropping from 120 or 150 when the month started to around like 78 at the end of the month that's a big drop so it would have a big effect on the in this case in turn the distribution sector yeah yeah and by the way i like your fresh cut <laughs> your haircut <laughs> looks nice david <laughs> you want to see all right so let's talk about some things that are going on locally and then we head over to the international scene theodore we are looking at the economy it's expected to grow continue growing for the remainder of the fiscal year so that's uh, up until like around march or so uh what are you expecting to see over this time okay um uh, just to note that in the third quarter, we saw a growth of um, 6.3% as, um, well, initial estimate from the Planning Institute of Jamaica, highlighting um, goods production industry growing by 2.8% and the service industry growing by 7.3%. Notably, on the service side, we saw significant growth in the tourism industry, right? While it is that um, on the goods producing side, the manufacturing industry grew by 8.5%, which somewhat contradicts what is happening in terms of on the stock market remanufacturing stock but uh, but as um david pointed out um what was happening to carb cement had a profound impact in terms of um the manufacturing indices looking over the horizon i expect to see um you know growth um in the fourth quarter of around um four to six percent relatively in line with um, the planning institute's number um, one thing that i'm anticipating is significant growth of the tourism sector upwards of um, you know 70 80 percent likewise um, construction i do expect to see continued rise in construction notably i've seen a significant um, increase in capital spending on the government side while in the private sector housing construction and civil engineering activities are likely to continue our pace. Looking over the, um, the next year in terms of 2020, anticipating growth anywhere between two to 3% overall for um, the players in the stock market. If you may recall that um, you know, all the corporates operate within a particular sector. So to the extent that we anticipate growth in a number of the sectors across the board, then we should see some um, you know, vibrant activity with respect to a number of the stocks. Um, where we, as I indicated um, prior, what I expect is where I expect to see um, growth in the construction sector. Um, a lot of that led by um, you know, government spending and um, private sector activity. I do anticipate increase in terms of manufacturing activities as well, um, with respect to construction. Well, I spoke to that already. Um, hotel and tourism, we should see an uptick there. But uh, you know, there is a bit of concern here because um, we see a new variant of the COVID-19 um, mm -hmm. causing some scare in the international market. Already, a number of comp a number of um, countries have actually restricted um, travel, but uh, more so with respect to Africa, and um, it's it's possible that um, you know this variant is present in a number of countries. Um, the positive thing um, is that having seen a report on writers and a number of other. Um, 
agencies. They're indicate oh, well um, in interview with doctors in South Africa. They indicate that while it is that this COVID nineteen variant is virulent, they are not seeing anything which warrant any major concern in terms of um, you know rate of hospitalization and death. But um, you know it's early days yet. But um, you know if it is that um, you know this virus should be more. Uh, deadly than what we have seen prior, then it could have implication in terms of, um, you know, the travel industry potentially locked down of um, the country to prevent uh, a, a wide scale spread. But, um, you know, a base case scenario, which we expect is, um, you know, for things to be more or less along the line of what we are seeing just now and for there to be no significant restriction. So given that, um, you know, we're anticipating, you know, growth within the 2 to 4% range and um, continued growth in uh, most of the sectors. So Keisha, Theodore highlighted specific industries that are poised for growth based on PIO data. You're looking at construction, tourism, really showing a recovery. What are the stocks that we should be keeping our eyes on in these okay. sectors? Right. Uh, so if we're looking from that perspective, we want to look for the top of those sectors. I like the game changers, the industry leaders. So within manufacturing, you could possibly then be looking at a carriage cement, for example. We had a recent pullback uh, because of news coming around payments that had to be made. But this may present an opportunity for investors to start thinking, okay, maybe I could be getting into carriage cement here. Another thing you want to be thinking of on the interest rate side, as that comes on are the banks, are we potentially looking for an entry point on the banks and investors could try and get in on that side as well? As we start thinking around the variant, the new variant, are we eventually going to go back to a quasi lockdown, something, a new version of a lockdown or restrictions? Then we want to start thinking about companies that benefit in the online space within Jamaica and start thinking, yes, we need to get some exposure there. Right. All right. So let's, uh, and I'm going to come back to that uh, Omicron variant shortly as well. But right now, I want to look at an interesting development coming out of China. A couple months ago, ride-hating, hailing company Diddy listed on the New York Stock Exchange, Diddy Global. It's like the Chinese version of Uber. And there was a lot of controversy around it because the Chinese regulators were pressing them from then not to list. And now they are trying to get Diddy to delist, supposedly over concerns about data security. What's the story there, David? So right now you're just seeing China continue to extend its uh, iron fist because the reality is that DD is saying, hey, we don't, you know, uh, store data in particular ways or a structure because the thing is, the way all big tech currently works is that uh, China is saying, we're concerned about who is in the data and so on, the Chinese regulators, DD is saying, hey, we're following the, the regulations and so on, and DD said, we have business to do, bye-bye. Uh, Went and it's on the New York Stock Exchange, and what happened was that a couple of days later, they removed their app from the Chinese App Store. And then, you know, we're later hearing now that China is saying, uh, we wanted to deal with the New York Stock Exchange, which, which is going, which is basically adding a whole lot of new concerns for investors in Chinese companies. Because 
the thing is, Chinese companies they do something called ADR, an American Depository Receipt, which you know is where you know you buy a particular receipt that basically has representative representative ownership in the foreign company, which is basically listed in Hong Kong. And you know, if Didi was to deal this through that route, it would not be cheaper one. We're having some tech issues with David breaking uh, up there. Keisha, you've been following the Diddy story? Yeah, absolutely. So with um, Diddy, and, and David was saying, the iron fist from China, you do not mess with Xi Jinping <laughs> and his ultimate objective. So the, the thing with with um, Diddy being an ADR, an American depositor receipt, is that you get exposure to the company, but it's still listed back in China or Hong Kong, as David was saying. I have some Chinese stocks, and they have been under pressure all year because of this. The government has been coming out saying we want more control over these companies that are looking to list internationally. It is one to be aware of, to watch for, because that's caused a lot of these companies like Neo, Tencent, to have problems with their prices. The prices have been falling. It's been painful. Uh, so right now, not the place you want to be. DD is saying that what happens to DD ultimately will be the fate for the other companies as well that have the ADRs listed in the US. So watching out for that, but it's been painful in terms of stock price movement so far. And usually the Chinese government gets what they want. So I think uh, back to to David. Yeah, so speaking of the stock price, let me just share my screen here. This is what Diddy's stock price looked like. So they IPO'd in June, end of June, for $14.14. And it's all the way down now to yes. $7.63. So like almost half the IPO Painful. price. Yes. Yeah, that's a tough one. Very, very bad. Yeah, other uh, companies as well. They've been hit, a lot of these Chinese companies. You're going to add, David? Uh, sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened a while ago. I was going to add that in. It's just really, uh, China just really putting their foot down because it recently Jamie Dimon said, hey, he thinks JP Morgan could live, uh, live longer than the CCP. And Jamie Dimon is the CEO of JP Morgan. And he had to retract that statement like a couple of days later. And for you to China saying, hey, we want you to know, D-list. They recently banned for profit education. Jack Ma is still a ghost. Like it is creating a lot of concern right now with respect to the the battle in a sense between the USA and China. Because recently they actually wanted to delist all Chinese companies in the US, but then compare the US accounting standard. Because you had frauds like Locking Dollar and I feel the Chinese companies to the New York market or the US markets, and they were actually frauds, big financials and everything else. So it's just a continuous part of the whole battle. So how would that work if Diddy was to delist? Like, what would happen to shareholders? Problems. So what I understand right now is that if it was to be the case of a yeah, quote-unquote buyout, what could happen is that someone could come in, uh, offer to buy out the ADR holders, and it could go Paris that route, or it could be the case where, you know, David is gone again? Or did I get kicked off? Okay, David's gone again. What would happen, Keisha? Uh, it would have to be like a couple of options, whether I repurchase from Didi, 
So they'll have to repurchase all the shares from existing um, ADR holders. So buying it back, likely at a discount, not at current market value. So you would take a hit there. Or the listing gets pulled off the exchange back in, back in Hong Kong, and then you'd have to know battle with trying to transact from Hong Kong instead of in the US. So still overall a problem with liquidity, a problem getting back the full value of what you put in. So well, because if, if they buy it back at a discount to what it's currently trading at, and it's already trading at half the, the IPO price, <laughs> you bought yes. at IPO like you're really losing. This does yes. not augur well for uh, confidence in Chinese stocks at all. No, definitely not. It's been a very um, troublesome year. Um, David was saying it earlier. Alibaba, for example, lots of problems. There, Jack Ma is basically not been on the scene saying anything because every time he does come out with something. The government of and they provide some form of censorship towards what he's saying. So he's been quiet all year, and the stocks really have been taking a beating. Mm. All Chinese stocks, mm. for sure. All right, I want to come back to Theodore and take another look at a local issue before we wrap up with the Omicron discussion. Theodore, you have been looking at a specific issue of population dynamics and implications for economic growth as well as health and infrastructure development. What has caught your attention uh, regarding population dynamics? Well, um, this is an ongoing issue. Um, notably, I was um, reading the PIOJ's uh, annual report in 2017, and I recognized that the population essentially um, stabilized um, at, at, at that particular point in time. And um, notably, the the Government of Jamaica, via its 2030 vision plan, um, foresaw the population actually reaching its apex, I think, in 2030. So um, we have reached that point actually 12 years earlier. Good. Um, so, you know, the population is essentially stable at this point in time, and then it is set to decline. Now, when it is that you look at the birth rate, the birth rate have contracted by more than 64%. Um, over a 20-year period. Now, um, there is concern in that, you know, you look at the, 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 the age group, the youngsters, 0 to 14, it's actually declining. When you look at, um, you know, the group um, upwards, it's actually increasing. Um, you know, persons of working age between 16 and 65, it's increasing now, but you're having a situation where it is that um, dependence is actually increasing as well. At some point in the future, you're going to have an issue where it is that the number of persons who are going into the working age group is actually far less than those who are going in the dependency um, age. And it creates problem from a pension perspective. If you may recall, the government of Jamaica doesn't have a fully funded pension plan. Um, you know, it's partly funded. So, um, you know, that significant, a significant portion of the pension actually comes from tax um, tax receipt. Um, so, in an environment where it is that um, you know you're, you you have very few persons, um, you know, of working age. Who are creating value in the society, then um, you know from a tax perspective, you could see a significant decline in tax there. And you know, with the pension bill um, 
going up, etc. It has implication in terms of on the overall fiscal account, right? Um, there's more to it than just um, you know looking at fiscal dynamics and so on. Um, you know, you look at perspective with respect to um, planning in terms of city. I hear plans re a, a, a new city being constructed, and it begs the question: um, Do we really need a new city? I know it's a controversial point, you know, it's political, but in an environment where it is that the population is um, set to decline and, um, you know, with regards to climate change, etc., destruction of, um, you know, the flora, um, it, it, it raises concern um, because it is that the population dynamics, uh, I don't think, is supporting uh, the sort of uh, construction activities that are necessarily planned, especially mm. in um, you know the Saint Catherine area. Um, so this is very concerning. Um, you know when you look at um, healthcare, um, already it is that we have a significant shortages of bed, etc., and number of doctors. And as it is at the population age, there's a need for um, increase in primary healthcare. And as such, it is that um, this is an era which we have to actively look into so as to provide better care for those who need it when it is that it's required um, as it is at their age. Another issue with respect to schooling, um, you know, persons of school age, are uh, you're going to have a decline there. While it is not... Um, imminent, you know, within a five-year period, but going down 20, 30 years, you're going to have declined there. So it begs the question, um, you know, those persons who are training to teach, um, do we have, uh, are we overproducing in that area and so on, right? So there's a whole lot of um, issues which need to be addressed in terms of, from the perspective of healthcare, in terms of, um, you know, in, um, persons who are training, and with respect to um, housing, construction, and so on, right? Because it has implication for growth and it has implication for the natural environment. And if you may recall, um, you know, we're in a we are in an era where it is that um, you know climate change is real, and um, you know how it is that we treat the environment um, is going to be quintessential in um, you know for the next generation. So the population dynamics has a um, have a significant impact with regards to the planning process, and it is something that the authority needs to um, take account of. That's really interesting, Theodore, discussion there. I need to take a closer look at that data. But speaking of uh, you know population issues and healthcare, you know there are a lot of people who think the whole COVID nineteen is a population control measure. A lot of conspiracy theorists around that. So that brings me to our final topic for this evening, which is the new Omicron variant. Keisha, you've been following how the markets have been reacting to the new Omicron variant. And you also, I'm sure you remember what happened when the Delta variant came oh, along. Yeah. So, so what, can you compare the two? Like, what is it looking like now? Yeah, I'm doing some research on that right now, actually. So far, what we know, panic is here again. Uh, based on what's coming out in the news, they're saying it's a reason for concern, not yet a reason to worry. But... The market is feeling it, uh, or pockets are feeling it a bit as investors because a lot of these major companies have been um, having sell-offs. Let me just share my screen to cover that. 
But uh, the news hit last week, Friday for Black Friday. So I was very excited. I view this as the best Black Friday sale <laughs> because <laughs> time to go out then and buy stocks. Oh, and, sale on see, stocks. <laughs> yes, I, all day Friday I was busy buying up uh, because November 26th, Black Friday was the worst trading day of the year so far. We see the numbers here. Wow. The other times, May, January, uh, July were pretty bad, but November 26th was so far the, the biggest uh, day of losses within the stock market. So I did definitely to do some nice shopping on sale. The thing that's been happening though, when we look at the price charts for the S&P 500, on the one day, even today, we continued lower because new fares are surfacing. The, new, the cases are going up. It's being reported more and more new cases. We're having new restrictions in countries as well. So we're seeing a lot there, especially the tech stocks. They've been taking a hit as well. They're down today. And in the past five days, down a lot. Same as the broader market, it's down as well. One saving grace in all of this has been Apple, which has been doing well. Because now Apple is being viewed as a safe haven because the company is sitting on a whole wad of cash. So interesting there. I'm very curious. But so far, it has the early inklings of further sell-offs expected so we're still Apple early days coming like gold yes <laughs> so everybody has been buying this up as a safe haven because apple is sitting on a lot of cash so the thinking then is that if you know things just go haywire and new and new strain becomes dominant then you want these companies that are strong they're resilient apple for sure is it's one of these companies so investors rushed into apple today and i suspect that will continue happening because uh, post-market afterwards, you see that the stock is still going up higher. So one to watch, but I think we're in early innings. There will likely be more sell-offs coming for the Christmas, which is good. Time to, you know, load up there. All right. But, so yeah. let me give this last one to David. It's a question from the audience. And he asked, uh, Jano wants to know, what about exit strategy in the pandemic? Oh, exit. Mm. Right now, you just have to... In the market area, if you're in Jamaica, you know, it's potentially the time to look at rebalancing or in a bolstering a cash position particular deals. And on the flip side, if you're in the US market, this is where, you know, you would probably want to pay putting those stop losses because right now a lot of persons who, you know, are on margin, they have to be rushing to put cash into their accounts because your stock price declines particular stock holdings, it can put into a margin call where, where you can actually sell your stocks. So, you know, it's right now some of are still going down and, you know, they are in a relatively better position, but we'll still have to wait and see how things are going to play out. But right now, as I said, as I said, potentially being to between you're balancing your portfolio to quote unquote safe stocks in one sense, and, you know, other persons putting in stock losses to contain potential losses. And then uh, Keisha, this question is for you from the same person. Uh, he wants to know why are the stocks down? Explain the causes for the turning points. Don't just read the graphs. Explain it, he said. <laughs> I think you are okay. explaining it. You're talking about the, the effect of right. the Omicron virus. But, but go ahead. You want All to right. So what usually happens? Fear results in sell-off. 
results in stock prices coming down because people panic so they start selling they start thinking boy everything going bad i need to get out i need to get my cash and, and store it so that's what's causing the fall off in the prices investors are coming out some investors would be taking gains because they expect the price to come lower so they say no and let me take some gains no others are just panicking fearing the worst and so they're selling that's what would cause you now the price to go down what i'm saying is that as a long-term investor, you could use this as a potential buying opportunity because the stock will not go down forever. It will not. March 2020 showed us that. That was a massive fall off in the market, but there was a rebound after that. So what I'm saying is that these opportunities don't come every day. When they do come, it is time to get in. And I actually have a lovely chart that I can show you demonstrating exactly what you just said. And this is yes. something that I created for the masterclass. Hold on, let me bring it up. Let me bring it up. So masterclass people, this is a type of uh, thing that you will see when that launches. Hold on. And just to remind you, huh? have proven already. I'm going to say I want to remind you that you have ideal and portfolio services and proven wealth. You know, if you want to check the U.S. markets, right, those persons right. are looking to find yes. greater exposure outside of JMD holdings or investments. Yeah. Why is this moving? Okay, it's not showing me the right graphic. Uh, here it is. No, that's not it. Where is it? This one. This is the one. JSE combined index. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not giving me the right graphic. All right, hold on. I soon give it to you. I really want to show you this graphic because, trust me, I'm Try. also working on putting on. in on this thing. Try. It's Try. giving me some trouble. It's not, it's not cooperating with me right now. Close. Oh, here we go. All right, here it is. Let's share the screen again. Here it is. All right, so this is a kind of a small version because it wasn't working with the, the large one I was trying to exactly. show you. But yes. yeah, this shows you what happened. See, every time I maximize the screen, it goes to a different thing for some reason. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to show you. Behave. Here we it is. We see it. We can yeah. see it. You have to go yeah. in. You, you have to go in. Yeah, I can see it. 2019, Just it's how that code Control plus Yes. How did I forget that? Yeah, yeah, 2019, you saw that surge where the stock market exactly. was climbing. And then here is the crash right around March when we had our first case of COVID-19. And then we start seeing the recovery in 2021. This chart only goes up to yes. August so. But, um, but you get the point. Right. So between 2019 and the point I was making with, with creating this slide was that between 2019 and 2021, which accounts for the 2020 COVID crash, we're still up 33% yes. in exactly. Jamaica. So well, well, that's uh, up to August. That's up to August. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to look it again to see what, um, what mm -hmm. it would look like for up to November because August is well. when I was preparing this. I'm still working look. on it. Oui. So, Kalila, I was just going to point out, I did an article recently, and you know, most of that growth can be attributed to really part a good chunk of the junior market and the introduction of Guardian Holdings, to be honest. So when I checked it out, of the 120 securities that were listed on the JSC when 2020 started, only, I believe it was 39 actually up for the pre-COVID prices. Mm. And remember, Guardian has listed recently. Barita had two APOs. You had Tropical Battery and Fesco listing. So 
the combined index can be showing that data, but when you look at it from a more individualist perspective, most of the market is still not where it should be from, you know, from a quote-unquote pre-COVID level, because January, when the year started, would have been the best indicator of, of comparison. Mm -hmm. But still, remaining invested is the ultimate way to go, right? So, yes, so. The, the combined in, um, index is not investable right now, but still, having your money in the market is better than being on the sidelines. There's no money made there. In the market and, is where you need to be. And the, the, thing, the thing I say, Theodore, as well, you can jump in here too and tell me what you think is that when the market is down if you were listening to keisha listeners you hear what keisha did black friday when the stocks tumbled that's when she was buying a buying no, opportunity right. and i feel the same about jamaican stocks that when they are down mm -hmm. that is the time especially if you because the fundamentals of most of the companies are still the same yes ncb gone down to 120 last year it was not last year, 2019, early 2020, it was $210. Is NCB any less of a strong company now than it was then? And we give the disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Please consult no. your licensed financial advisor there at JMMB before you make any financial decisions. Right, Theodore? <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I would like to add that um, you, know, you don't just... Um, buy stocks because they go down please um look at the fundamentals as right. you rightfully say check with your financial advisor because it is that if a stock is just not good it's just not good right mm -hmm. but there are some stocks out there that um you know they're not doing so yeah. great right now exactly for example diddy just because diddy's share price gone down doesn't mean you should buy it <laughs> That's right a perfect example yes. there's a reason some of them go down like good reason yeah. <laughs> Well, this was a great discussion, guys. I really want to thank mm -hmm. you for joining me this week. And we will talk again very soon. All right. Take care, fellow panelists. I, I think I'll speak to you guys again before the year ends. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's great, Bye -bye. great to be here, Kalila, every time. Yeah. Awesome. Bye. Very short break. We will be back with the wrap. This segment of Taking Stock, The Analysts, was brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers. So let me just take a couple of comments from all of you. Kai Bernard says, so it seems that, where's the comment? If there, no, that's not what the one. It seems like some stocks haven't bounced back yet. That means one thing, buy, sell off, sell off. So yeah, once again, the point that Theodore was just making, if it's a fundamentally sound uh, stock. And that's what uh, Kai also <laughs> mentioned. If they're strong fundamentally, that is uh, Jano making the same point. A crash is really a buying opportunity. So once again, with the disclaimer, if it's a fundamentally sound uh, company. Uh, lots of comments here. And I am very grateful to have you. Before we go, I also have to say big up Riri. My bad. The right honorable Robin Rihanna Fenty, the new a national hero of, I nearly said Jamaica, you know, <laughs> but Jamaica can't make Bob Marley a hero yet. So hmm. anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Thank you to everyone for joining me this week. I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Check out all the other features this week. Money Mondays JA is up. We're talking about the circuit breaker rule for those who've always wondered what it was, what it does and how it affects you and your pocket. You can check that out on the channel now. Also check out Money Moves JA tomorrow. 
This was a really great interview with Daniel Terrellong from DRT Communications and Scale Up Jamaica. We're talking about networking, not just the pros and cons of networking, but also how you can do it. What are great ways to reach out to people? She shared her tips on how she reached out to some of Jamaica's top business leaders to gain their insights, to pick their brains. And hmm, there are some strategies that you might not have thought of. So check out that interview tomorrow on the channel. I'll see you again next week. And of course, investing is the new sexy. So we want to make it cool to talk about money. Subscribe to the newsletter, kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter. I'll keep you posted as to what's happening with the masterclass. Right now, I'm trying to fine-tune the, um, the investing spreadsheet, the port portfolio tracker. Uh, having a few technical issues with getting that just right. So, yeah, it's going to be there, though. The videos are done. The ebook is almost done. It's just the supporting documents that I'm trying to get perfectly right for you guys to make sure that it works and you can use it throughout 2022 and beyond. Until then, let's get this money. Bye-bye. Let's get this money. <laughs> <laughs>